0: Welcome to Is This Real Life?, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 54. I'm here with Aaron Martin from the Pink Shade Podcast. Hey, how are you, Mandy? I'm excited to talk about Beverly Hills. So what did you think of this week's premiere?
1: Super thrilled. I mean, I will eat my words later if the season turns out to suck the big one, but I was Overly pleased with what we were presented with. I love how it started out with the two months later fight. You know what I mean? In Kyle's uh, with Kyle and Lisa in LVP's Villa Rosa. I love that beginning scene.
0: The camera work that they had with like the flashing of like the scenes. It was so dramatic. It was amazing. It was so dramatic. And do you know that they have
1: a new, not production company, it's still Evolution, but they have a whole new team of producers this year. I could
0: tell. I've heard that. And I've heard that's part of contributing to some of the drama between the women. It is. It is, allegedly.
1: And here's what I've heard. I've heard this from Jenny McCarthy, because I go on her show weekly, and she was out in L.A. filming The Masked Singer, and she talked to some people from the new production team, and she got some inside scoops. So do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, the word on the street is that you're right, this is contributing to some of the drama this year because LVP has actually had it written into her contract in years past that she will not be the center of drama. She also has been very, very tight with the lead producers, with the people on set. I mean, they get very close to the teams, but there has always been favoritism showed toward her, and people have picked up on this. I am not an LVP hater. I love her for many reasons. I think she's a great housewife, But I like the fact that this year what we're hearing is that that there's no favoritism being shown, Mm -hmm. and I think that is probably sticking in her craw and contributing to why she quit halfway through because things are not going to go as she would like them to. You know, even though it might be a personal thing um, among the women, there might be something real there, fine, but it's also a production thing, because she is not used to being shown in any kind of negative light, and she said she would never do the show again if, like what happened in years past, the gang up, happened again, and I think that's exactly what happens this season. Now, it might be for legitimate reasons. Then, secondly, and this is the more fun tidbit that I got, Jenny said that they forbid glam squads from going on the trips with any of the women oh my I god like, do you love that I was oh like,
0: my god so they're gonna have to do their own
1: hair and makeup <laughs> yeah they're gonna have to slum it like the rest of the housewives franchises that is hilarious i love that rule i'm like please let that that be true and we know lvp does not go on the cast trip with them to europe where do they go they go france maybe yes yeah so they she doesn't go on that now that Could be for other reasons.
0: Anyway, that's the tea. That is crazy. So I've definitely heard rumblings that the favoritism issue, but I had no idea it was written into her contract. That was
1: about two, what was that? Two, three seasons ago. It was actually, uh, yeah, published. I mean, it was like a known fact that she said wow. I want to highlight my businesses including Vanderpump Dogs which was just starting up that season she wouldn't sign unless they agreed to these things and she didn't want to be at the
0: center of any negative storylines but you know she did get what she wanted Vanderpump Dogs is at the center of everything
1: well yes it certainly is <laughs> i mean should we just start there with yes. the dog catastrophe
0: that is it's happening? I mean, this is... What are we going to call this? Like Chihuahua Gate? I have no idea what to call it. I Someone is going to come up with something brilliant. But I just can't get over that she filmed this scene where it was so clear that there was drama happening, and yet she expects this not to be a main storyline. I That was so fake. It I mean, that so smelled so fake to me. And that... <laughs> thirsty
1: employee of hers who is like Cedric 2.0. Oh my gosh, yes. He wanted to be in the scene so badly, I feel like she set him up to be the fall guy because he was just salivating to basically spill this whole story on camera. And then as she was crying later, did you see him pop in in back of her? Like, no less than five, six times trying to be in the scene. He wants to be a housewife.
0: (laughs) So, It sounds like what happened, and I think we all knew this before watching last night because of things that were published in the press, but Dorit adopted a dog from Vanderpump Dogs and instead of when it, it bit her kids or her husband or whatever it was. It wasn't the right fit. That is totally okay. But instead of doing what it had in the contract that she signed with Vanderpump Dogs and returning it to Vanderpump Dogs, she instead rehomed the dog herself to a friend that later brought the dog to, I think, what we believe is a kill shelter and that because the dog was microchipped to Vanderpump Dogs, it was returned there. And that it sounds like, at least in the setup of these scenes from this week's episode, that her employees were just pissed that one of their dogs ended up in a kill shelter, number one, and number two, that it was a close friend of Lisa Vanderpump and a housewife. You know, she didn't seem to ever you know, be held accountable for her actions. And it sounds like there is a $5,000 penalty for what she did. Yeah, I mean, it it was like a Scientology
1: contract (laughs) You were talking about. It was like a billion-year contract, uh, thousands of dollars worth of fines if you don't do what they say. And you know what? Good for them. I'm glad that they have that kind of a contract. I have many thoughts about this. Do you want to go ahead and share get what your reaction
0: is first? Go ahead. Go well, ahead. You you tell me first. So my reaction is initially that, I mean, Dorit, you got to read what you sign. You just come on. And when you're adopting a dog, especially one from like a shelter, which is a basically what Vanderpump Dogs is, you need to know that there's going to be emotional issues that the dog has. It's not like just getting a brand new puppy that's never had any negative experiences. The dog is at Vanderpump Dogs for a reason. And if you're not willing to put in the time and the effort and the money to get that dog to be well-adjusted, to your family, then you should have never adopted it in the first place. Number one, and number two, you should never ever try and rehome a dog as if you know what's better for that dog than professionals. I could not agree more. I I I agree with absolutely everything you just said.
1: One hundred percent. Also, can we can we make note of the fact that Dorit was not training this dog? The six or seven nannies were. And also that PK probably like got in it with the dog and got his little tiny scratch or the gash out of his face when he probably bad. was trying to discipline the dog or take it away from nipping at one of the kids in a non... Uh, in a in a non kosher way. I mean, I don't know how to say it. You, this is a puppy. You have a puppy. I have a puppy. Like, oh man. <laughs> and I, I, I know, right? And, and girl, I it's you know tough. what? We're we're weary. I'm weary. I am like still training this dog two and a half years later, and I've realized I'm not a good dog trainer we paid for obedience school. We've done the dog training. We've done everything because we were like, okay, you know, it's part, he's part of the family. Yeah. And you know, my daughter was very little when we got him, she was old enough to know better, but she was not, you know, a teenager. And we had to teach her, you know, they want to gnaw on you. They're teething. And he would, he would mouth her like puppies do all the time. And we would say, go get your toy. We. It's like, I know I'm going into detail here. I don't need to tell you. You have But it's just like be 101. And you're so right. If you get one from a shelter, and my family has done that in the past, then you have to be ready for another level. You don't know what the history is. You don't know what the issues might be. And you have to overcome that with love and guidance and and patience.
0: Patience. Yes.
1: And not just and you know that again that nannies are raising those children. I'll just say it. I mean, she's yeah. already said she had four,
0: right? That's insane. And part of the problem with raising and I don't know about raising children, but at least raising a dog is you need consistency. And if you've got multiple different people and they don't all imply the exact same strategy, then it becomes inconsistent and the dog doesn't know what to expect.
1: Exactly. So
0: it's just creating more confusion for the dog that's not sure what's appropriate behavior, what's not, and it's just reacting to its surroundings. So I felt like if she really cared about this dog, then she would hire a trainer for it and spend time doing that instead of just so like quickly giving the dog up. But I also don't want to shame her for making the decision that was right for her family. So You know, it's fine to realize that you've taken on more than you can handle, but at the same time, it's your responsibility to follow through and make sure that that dog, which is a life, that you find the right place for it, and and the best way to do that is to give it back to where you got it. I agree. I don't understand
1: this like hot potato passing it on to like some random other person. And is this other person who has not been named yet a mutual friend? Of Lisa Vanderpump's and the Kemsleys? Is I that what like it we're to understand? Be because okay.
0: if it was just some random person, I feel like Lisa would be way more upset, right? I think so, too. And I feel like
1: I'm with Kyle on this one. Why isn't she more upset? Yes at the situation in general. And we heard, and I think what's gonna be happening down the line is she's going to be accused of planting stories in the media because that's what was previewed, how this blows out of proportion in my understanding, what we've covered on Reality TV and what I've read on other websites is that Dorit actually started getting death threats, and I think we're going to start seeing that play out because there are so many dog lovers and there's so many LVP stands out there, you know, together and separate. That doesn't have to go together. <laughs> you know, I don't. don't want to make. Yeah, you know, if you love dogs, you have to love LVP. That's not true. Um. But she, and and very wrong, started getting death threats, and LVP had to come out and say, listen, which she did, if you remember these articles yes. before filming, or before um the season rolled, LVP said, this was not Dorit's fault, da-da-da-da-da, and she actually made a point of trying to clear it up as best she could, but the horse was already out of the barn, and so... I have a feeling that she is going to be accused of planting these stories.
0: Yep, through her people at Vanderpump through her, Dogs.
1: Yes, but she is going to try to keep her hands clean on camera and say, Dorit, I forgive you. There's nothing to worry about, da-da-da. But behind the scenes, be making it like a total nightmare.
0: Ah, oh. That's my prediction. I feel like there's some aspect, though, where Teddy's involved, and I don't know where yet. Well, Teddy's involved because she is
1: friends with one of Lisa's employees. I forget his name, but they specifically, you know, connected them in this episode quite clearly a few times. And Dorit is very upset because she thinks Teddy has been gossiping with this guy behind her back. But really, this guy and Teddy kind of became close because she was involved in a few charity events and he told her this story before anyone else.
0: Right. And she didn't seem to share it with anyone. She didn't share it with Kyle, it looked like. Mm-hmm. I trust Teddy, uh, I do I do too because Kyle is not that good of an actress despite yeah. her
1: childhood training and you could tell that she didn't know who the fuck that dog was yeah. <laughs> and she
0: didn't know, she didn't like, know why Lisa happening? was acting
1: so strangely and she didn't know why that thirsty Vanderpump Dogs employee was like being so extra like she, it took her a few minutes to, to, to figure out what the hell was going on so I agree with you I don't think Teddy shared anything with her
0: it's uh, it's so bizarre, but I did watch last week when Teddy and Kyle and Lisa Rinna were on Watch What Happens Live, and Andy asked them, you know, which like who is going to come across the worst this season, and they said LVP, but they also said Teddy for a period, and she agreed. So I wonder if she like is on Lisa's side for a while and then eventually flips. Or she's accused of, you know, playing both sides. I don't know what it is yet. But this is really interesting. Another question I had for you is, do you think Dorit and PK were actually robbed? No, I do okay. not.
1: I think this is them trying to run scam number one of 400 scams that are probably going to be run this year. I mean, the only storyline that should be central to what this season is has in store is PK and Dorit being grifters yep. because they owe so many people millions of dollars and I cannot wait and I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers that that video, that iPhone video is shown where Dorit <laughs> gets screamed out yeah. by that woman da- on vacation about yep. like, you owe my friend money because he is such a total piece of shit. And I feel like she's, first of all, she copies everyone. She copies Erica's style or she tries to. Now she's copying Kyle's robbery. She copies LVP's accent. I totally feel like she's setting it up to be like, oh, I lost all my possessions. We don't have anything because they're going to have to declare bankruptcy.
0: But at the same time, if you do get robbed and you have insurance, you can get those possessions back, especially if they're really inconsequential things like purses. You can't get back sentimental things, but you can buy a new TV. Like she was saying she has lost all of her purses, all of her jewelry. You get that stuff insured. That's true. That's true. You know, she might have learned from Kyle's
1: actual robbery. Yeah. And decided that she could get something out of it. I want to see PK and Dorit come clean. And I don't know that that's going to ever happen. And it ever. really frustrates me.
0: Because I think they do have a real love. I don't know why I think that. I just I feel do like too. they do.
1: I do too. But I think they're partners in crime. Yes. And I want to know more about the crime.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm not interested in him dressing up as James Bond and looking like a sweaty potato and talking about how he shaves his hands, Blah. but I want to see what's going on behind the scenes. I yeah. truly do. And I just don't think we're ever going to get that. Also, can we talk about Dorit's look?
0: Yeah. What was that like half hair? Like I, I don't even know what it's called honestly, what she did in that confessional. But then it was also the same look she had when her and PK and Ken and Lisa went to dinner.
1: Yeah, it's called the lead singer of AHA take on (laughs) video Find it on YouTube. Like all she needed was a trench coat. It was an 80s craptastic, not good 80s, bad 80s. I mean, this woman is such a try hard with her look and she's so beautiful.
0: She's and her style gorgeous. was so
1: great the first year. And she is, she's just taking it to a very wrong place ever since the first season.
0: Yeah. Although I did like her style last season, especially in the confessionals with the sort of Marilyn Monroe hair. I did not like her style on the show,
1: whatever she oh, showed show, up. In. Yeah. She was wearing like the uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory weird <laughs> wigs. I, I was not up for any of that. I have a feeling that, I mean, we already know this is going to be true. We're going to be seeing her in a different bathing suit every single week.
0: And she's going to say the name of that bathing suit. I did not think the one that she was wearing was that flattering at Kyle's party. And I think she is a killer body. But like Body the, is banging. The and, and that suit top. was awful. It was awful. It was like, what, what is that? It looked like, oh, I don't know. Oh.
1: God, the two scariest words in the world are pool party. And <laughs> I feel like they're going to have pool parties constantly just so Dorit can, like, shill her wares. Ugh. Maybe that's in her contract. <laughs> Seriously? It probably is. Yeah, so Teddy's going to look bad. It's probably all based on the LVP drama. I mean... I like the fact that she's getting into the mix a little bit more this season and she's not going to be so scared and, you know, kind of quiet. She's already hashed things out with Erica. I feel like Erica is coming on really nice and maybe she's trying to make up for being so cold and strange last season. Yeah. she's Like she really embraced Denise and she was all about meeting her. I thought that was
0: interesting. I feel like she thinks Denise is on her level of cool, And for whatever reason, Teddy wasn't. (laughs) I don't know why, because I don't think there's anything inherent about Denise Richards that makes her cool. Like, she's gorgeous, and she's been in Hollywood for a long time, but she seems like a normal person just from, you know, watching her interactions. She doesn't seem like this outrageous character. She, I mean, she's been on reality
1: shows before, and she is very kind of a laid back down-home girl, even though she is this Hollywood figure and she has this crazy backstory with Charlie Sheen. I really like her. I mean, I like what I've seen of her. I don't know her, but I like her. I like her as a cast addition. I love the fact that she has this Charlie Sheen connection that we've already seen come to the forefront because I was thinking, are they going to address that, you know, throughout the season? I love that they just started in right away with it. Right away. Multiple times.
0: I love it. I I didn't realize... that Kyle Amazing. was dating one of Charlie Sheen's friends when they were like teenagers and he was part of their group. I had no idea she knew Charlie Sheen like back when she was 12, 13. And then another yes. layer is that Kyle, Lisa Rinna, and Denise Richards were part of a Hollywood moms group that had potlucks <laughs> about 10 years ago. It's like, what? That, I love that that exists. This I is, is what, what I want ex- too. from and my Hosses, favorite thing about
1: Kyle and Kim Richards is their backstory. That's Mm -hmm. all I want from them. And so anything that takes them back to that childhood, that messed up childhood, is good with me. So if they're going to talk about their connections to them when they're teenagers and you kind of see Kim later on get into a tiff with Denise, I just, I
0: love all of that. I want to dig through their past like it's a graveyard filled with bones. And I want to know... I wonder if Denise will ever open up about what it was like to be married to Charlie, like what made her fall for him, what was good about him, and when she really like realized she needed to get the hell out. I hope she does. And if
1: if she doesn't, that'll be a huge miss. On the part of this show, because that's really why we watch this stuff. We watch it not to see their filtered presences. We want to know the stuff that's going on behind the facade. And that's why Lisa Vanderpump doesn't do herself any favors when she tries to facilitate storylines too much.
0: And she also could use this season to talk about her brother
1: more. I know. It that really, really does is break my
0: heart. And opportunity. I mean, I would understand if she didn't want to film, period. But if you do move forward with filming, then I feel like you need to be yourself and to show everything. And grief is so tough, but we've been watching, you know, Jax and Lala on Vanderpump Rules really open up with their struggles about losing their father. And I really appreciate seeing that. It's unfiltered, it's honest, it's messy. But I kind of want to see that from Lisa, too. I mean, it's not just she lost her brother. She lost her brother to an overdose that was suicide. I mean, this is a common, unfortunately, a common issue that we're dealing with in this country, and a lot of people have been affected by it. And I think a lot of people would love to hear from her a, a little bit more about that instead of just closing off. And then I agree. lashing out at Kyle and then crying and apologizing and saying how stupid she is. It's like, okay, that makes sense now, three months after. But like, what about next month? What about the fifth month after? Are you going right. to at some point talk about what happened?
1: Right. And I even Lisa Rinna has done some of that. I mean, especially back when she was calling Kim out for her, for her addiction. Mm-hmm. And Kim was acting like she was sober and she was not. Uh, Lisa was saying, you know, I had a sister who died of an overdose. Wasn't it her sister? Yeah. Am I getting that right? Yeah, it was and her And she was speaking sister. to that. And then she was talking about Harry and how he's gone through some things. And so she talked about addiction on a very personal level. She lost a sibling very young to something similar. And, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but she she addressed it and talked about it in a way that I think the aud- the viewing audience can say me too, if you've gone through it, like you could see yourself in that. And Lisa Vanderpump has the like, you're right, she has the opportunity to do something like that now, but she will not, I don't see that's maybe not in her personality and her makeup. And, you know, you can't, I guess, fault someone for for how, how they want to share or not share. But it's just interesting that there are two women on this show who've gone through something similar, and they are at such odds that they won't be able to share that with one another. You know, Rinna and Vanderpump aren't yeah. going to get on that page together.
0: I know. One interesting thing I did notice throughout while they were filming is, you know, all the jokes about while Lisa Renna did address addiction in her family, she does have that bag of pills that she carries around. She which does. I find it hilarious because it's like, you know, they're not all, like, prescription pills. They're she like She said they're mostly vitamins. Vitamins I, and Advil. I totally Advil picture and, they like, are. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she joked that there's, like, Xanax in there. And you know what? If she has a prescription, a lot of people know how to responsibly use Xanax. I trust her. Um, so she joked about having a Xanax smoothie that she carries about this bag of pills. And then I think she made an image on social media of, a cupcake that had, like, pills on it. And it was for Lisa Vanderpump's birthday, maybe. And people thought that was really insensitive because her brother OD'd on pills. And so that seemed to be a misstep by Rinna. And I wonder if we're going to see that...
1: I think we will see that play out because it's been made to be such a huge deal. And I I truly don't think, and this is maybe a wrong opinion, but I don't think she did it for any reason that would be related to Lisa's brother. I don't think she has that kind of cruelty in her. I think she's I messy either. as hell. Yeah, She's messy as hell, but she is not downright cruel about suicide. I mean, right. I truly think she was joking about her own pill bag. Right. Now, Twitter loves to, at all social media, and I can be in this camp too so I'm a hypocrite for saying it but loves to be outraged right so anything
0: I'm outraged all the time all day
1: right (laughs) (laughs) only only on Twitter (laughs) right so some shit like this goes down and everyone's like Lisa Rinna and uh, I mean I think that all got blown so out of proportion I don't ever think she would come at Vanderpump in such a sensitive area and exploit that for a joke
0: I I agree now What I wanted to hear from you is how you think Lisa Vanderpump is going to kind of be portrayed both on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but also on Vanderpump Rules. Because we're seeing this crossover because in this first episode, we hear Lisa Vanderpump telling Kyle she was upset that Kyle didn't make the Tom Tom opening the Daily Mail party. And then Kyle, of course, says she wasn't invited. It wasn't even Lisa's party, blah, blah, blah but we just saw I, and that, I believe Kyle yeah. on that one. I believe, I believe Kyle to said
1: that to her and then on camera when the yeah. Bravo cameras are rolling she was like, "Oh, I really wanted you to be there to support me." And Kyle was like, "Lisa, I mean, I can see her getting so upset with the duplicitous stuff that goes on, even that little slight, you
0: know? I totally I see it." And and then to see the tom tom opening just in the Vanderpump Rules episode, it's like, okay, so this is we're kind of at about the same point in yeah. time right now, at least with filming. And that is fascinating because we're watching one person, LVP, the same person being portrayed two totally different ways on two shows with the same production company. Right. It is so
1: bizarre. I feel like I'm living in bizarre world. It's also the best kind of deep dive you can possibly do to see one, quote, reality TV personality who's supposed to be a real person with no, you know, no premise other than you're just following me around which we all know haha ha, that is not true anymore but LVP being you're right completely different person on each show i see it like this and i'm just always looking at things with a cult leader lens she is the <laughs> she is the cult leader of vanderpump rules and the cult members both worship fear and you know obey her Yes. Both. All three, not both. So they they like they want to be in it, then they get pissed that they're in it, but they know she's the leader and they resent her for it, but they need things from her. She put she's she rules the entire world over there. And I think that is her element when she's in charge. And she can curate her presence in such a way because she can contrast her own maturity, her being a mature businesswoman against all of these ne'er-do-wells. And that's great for her. Then you put her on an ensemble cast, and she either wants to write it into her contract that she doesn't want to be part of the ensemble. She wants to be set apart because she has that cult leader mentality. And, and she can't do that this year. She is among a bunch of other powerhouses who can take over and it can also band together and there can be alliances. It's like she finds herself in like a survivor situation. And I, I think it's all going to spiral for her. Now that said, it sounds like I'm, I'm hating on Lisa Vanderpump this whole episode. And I don't want it to sound like that. Cause I'm not actually someone who's who, who wants to come at her from all directions. I really enjoy her.
0: I Me just too. wish she
1: would be a little more authentic when the, When the need arises, not all the time. She can hide what she wants, but
0: I I don't like to see her playing the game so much. Same. My favorite thing about her is her house and just seeing the life that she's created for herself with the miniature horses and how beautiful everything is. And she's built this for herself. It's wonderful. Like she should be celebrated. And And her charity and her heart for animals. I I love, love, love that about her.
1: But it can't be the only dimension that we see.
0: Everyone has a darker side. And you know, the more honest you are about it, and the more honest you are about your faults, I think the more people embrace you, at least mm-hmm. with reality TV. I mean, look at Stassi Schroeder and how horrible of a person she's been in the past. And everyone embraces her because she's come to terms with who she is. And she acknowledges there's parts of her that aren't so pretty. Right, exactly.
1: I think everyone loves a redemption story, too, and there's been no real need for LVP to ever have a redemption story. I mean, she was attacked that one season, but most people kind of rallied behind her as viewers and said it was an unfair thing. And then Brandy got fired and, you know, take care of that. And then Irina and Eileen want to come after her or Yolanda. You know, she goes up against them and she wins. And I think this season maybe she knew she couldn't win, and so she had to step out.
0: And I think the women do have a lot of compassion for her losing her brother. I mean, a lot of them have either lost siblings or parents and really tragic circumstances. So I feel like they really do care and are thinking about where she's coming from and is she lashing out because of the pain that she's in. But at the same time, it can't be an excuse for everything.
1: Right, right. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. Like we said, it needs to be more 3D all around for every single person. Now, I would I would say that Erica Girardi, Erica Jane, who still pisses me off that we have to call her by two names. She made a huge mistake last season in trying to get really one dimensional with the stupid Erica Jane persona. Like she needs to go back to being more three dimensional too. And she, I thought she was in her earlier season or seasons. Yeah,
0: talking about yeah. her son. Right. Seeing more about her husband and her family life, and yeah. Right. Last
1: season, though, it was like, oh my god, her writing that book, and I read that book, and it was I, so one dimensional. I couldn't <gasps> get through the book. Oh I feel God. terrible.
0: I actually got the DC library to put it. Like you can like <laughs> request books to be on their like ebook, like I don't know what it's called, Overdrive or whatever. So I yeah. requested that book. I was like, "Hey, Erica Jane's got a book coming out. You guys should like get this in your library." And then they notified me when it came and I was like, "Yes." And I like couldn't get past like chapter 3. It just it felt like It was so surface.
1: It was so surface. It was not a memoir.
0: And it wasn't written by her. It was written by Brian Boynelin.
1: Right, who's a great writer. But he can only work with what he's given. And she didn't give him very
0: much. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know he like adores her and thinks she's great. I just felt like it was glossed over, like, everything. It wasn't raw. I didn't feel like I really understood who she is as a person. And that's fine. She doesn't have to share everything. But then don't write a book. Yeah, exactly. And I also
1: don't want to see her stage performances every single episode, or I I don't want to see her with Mikey. (laughs) I'm really hoping, I'm hoping that part of the production ban on Glam Squads is just the viewers being completely annoyed with Mikey and company, because, I mean, she
0: was filming with him far too much. Yeah, I did see Erica Jane in concert in December. (laughs) Shut (laughs) up. I'm not kidding. Oh my God. Tell me what what it was like. We got tickets the day before, because we were holding out. We're like, are the prices going to drop? Is it really worth $50? It was. I thought um, it was also walking distance from where I live. So we went. There was no opener. Okay, it was just her act, which was I think I timed it forty three minutes start to finish. So the concert... like a housewives episode. Yes, the concert was only forty three minutes, but it was really good. She was incredibly talented. Her costume changes were unreal. Her dancing skills were great. She sang for part of it. It wasn't all lip syncing. And we did see Mikey. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: So she had costume changes in a 43-minute set? Four, I think I counted. Oh,
0: stop. Four. I'm oh not kidding. God. And they were all completely different. It That's was crazy. something else. And even oh she my didn't my have God. that many songs, which is why it couldn't be longer than that. And some of the sets that she did were singing other people's music. So it wasn't even all her own music the whole time, but oh she was incredible. That's incredible. amazing.
1: Well that's cool you have an upcut. Did you do like an iPhone video or oh, anything? Oh, I have or? so many.
0: I'll I'll send them to you. They're, oh my god, <laughs> they're I fantastic. would love to see now, this. And have you seen Class with the Countess yet? I have not yet. Wouldn't it be
1: great to see both of these shows and then yes. do like a full salon.com review?
0: Oh my <laughs> like- god. I I think once I saw this, I was like, Erica is genuinely talented. Genuinely. If she was Ow. a pop star in her 20s, I can't even imagine what she would do. Because in her 40s, she does things that even if I trained every day of the week, I don't think I could do with my body. No, I certainly couldn't. Or I'd be like peeing a little bit yeah. if I did. <laughs> yeah. I'd be no, like, and that this is 40. Like, this is what happens. Yeah. Best, so good for her. Best part of all of this is there were two housewives in the audience who? Um, Giselle from Potomac and okay. Karen from Potomac.
1: Okay. Now, oh my
0: God. Did you talk to Karen at all? No. So <laughs> Karen was exactly like she comes across on the show. Exactly. Totally like in her own world, thinks she's the grand dame, went backstage with Erica while Giselle left because people were like, Giselle, like where's where's Karen? And she's like, Karen's doing what Karen does. <laughs> oh my God. Said, shifting her wig. Okay. Shifting her wig back on and going backstage. Going backstage. So then I followed Giselle out. <laughs> I'm just like, I was like, okay, I'm not going to like video her. I'm not going to be a creeper. I'm just going to like, we're walking the same direction. Yes. So <laughs> we were, I, I we're to be going filming it direction. on my phone. Like, no biggie. So um, I do have a picture of myself like, like, trying to do a selfie and it just doesn't work it's all blurry but she was escorted to a mini cooper and she drove herself home what yes i'm not kidding why does that shock me i don't know i just like I actually like, legitimately got shocked i was beyond shocked. i was like okay number one she's sober she's driving number two wait why did she drive into dc she could just get a car service she could have someone waiting for her there was a guy who escorted her from the venue to her car, which was about a block from the venue. Just Number regular three, street Cooper. parking. And the Mini Cooper. The Mini Cooper. I mean, I, and Mini Coopers are awesome.
1: I just can't picture Giselle driving one. It well, she's so, so weird.
0: tall, I was like, why, why? No, it feels like
1: a clown car thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh it was <laughs> not. This is like I'm I'm shook <laughs> it was so bizarre. It was such a weird like 43 minutes of just this other world you know yeah totally it's funny when you see housewives in the wild you're
1: like waiting for them to just be super dramatic but they're just kind of like driving minnie cooper's home
0: and yes exactly exactly and i wonder if that's the difference between potomac <laughs> right. and some of the other franchises right. is that potomac hasn't arrived yet
1: Yeah, right. I mean, Eric is up on stage gyrating and Giselle's going out and getting escorted to her compact vehicle. (laughs) So there is a difference. You know what I love about Beverly Hills? Like, and this is probably because I've been slumming it with like Love After Lockup, Seeking Sister Wife and 90 Day Fiance for so long. I was like, oh, I forgot how visually pleasing this is to the eye. I love Beverly Hills their possessions I love their homes I love with the exception of Erica sometimes and Dorit their fashion I just I love the weather it's just
0: like oh it makes me feel so good looking at it I used to only watch the housewives that were in California because of the weather right I know this time of
1: year too and where I am in the middle of the country going through like blizzard hell on the heels of Polar Vortex. I mean, the opening scenes even, they just gave me so much joy.
0: I loved it. I love seeing their closets. Mm -hmm. I love seeing Teddy's new house. It's not my style, but I love it. I, that is my
1: style. I love her house, but it feels like bad feng shui based on the conversation I had with Jennifer Bonetto on a recent episode. It was actually probably a couple months ago where it's all those multi-levels looking over a cliff. Yeah. (laughs) But I do like that style. I am drawn to that really modern look. So I love the house porn on Beverly Hills. It's, I love Kyle's house. Her house is beautiful. And I'm glad that she didn't Move from it right, right. away, and okay. I also loved seeing a charcuterie expert, which I didn't know was a profession. But <laughs> no. I'm all about. I was like, I could be. I would love to be that. That sounds like right up my alley. And that spread he laid out. Oh my god! Even though of course nobody eats it, that was my jam. All those meats and cheeses and olives and nuts. Oh, to
0: have all of that, but then also have hamburgers and hot dogs and snow cones. I was my like, dream. Wow. I know. <laughs> Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane both ate a hot dog with a knife and fork and said it's something they allow themselves to do once a year. <laughs> I know. I know.
1: I was like, okay, George Costanza eating a Snickers bar with a knife and fork. They were <laughs> like there, with their hot dog, just bare hot dog, literally raw dog in it on a plate. So funny. Talking about how they love to indulge once or twice a year. I'm like, this is why. But I love that about Beverly Hills because they aren't relatable on so many levels. And then they're also super messy behind the scenes. Right? Like goat yeah. yoga. I know. It's so stupid. And hasn't that been around for a while now? I mean, I will take it over vaginal rejuvenation. Yeah. Period. Because I don't want to see any more of that. But I feel like goat yoga is like, really played out at this point.
0: I hadn't ever seen it visually. I've just heard about it. Yeah. And so yeah. seeing it was very amusing.
1: I could relate to Rinna's daughter. To, I forget what, who was it, Amelia or Delilah Bell, talking about the anxiety and they were talking. I don't know. Delilah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought I like when her daughters are on. They're not obnoxious. I don't find them obnoxious. Some people do, but I kind of like seeing that dynamic, although it does
0: always feel a little bit forced on Rinna's part. On Rina's part, it feels forced, but they seem quite natural and not trying to put on a show. They never (laughs) seemed to they're beautiful and so many times we see them with zero makeup, not even brushed hair. And I just I I love love that. I love that. I do too. And
1: wait, who was it at Kyle's party who took the video of Ken? Iconic video of Ken napping with his mouth hanging open. (laughs) I don't remember. Loved that. I was like, this just stole the show. I mean, that and then Lucy the dog biting PK, doing the Lord's workout here for us. Oh, my God. Lucy it, the dog. Both stole the show.
0: I want to know where Lucy is today. What's her name?
1: Lucy Lucy Apple Goosey. What was her full name? It was like something amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she was so young to have had so many homes.
1: I know. I'm so glad she's back safe there. I mean, who knows where she is now? I bet... Can you imagine the outpouring of people who wanted to adopt that little dog after that story hit the news?
0: I can't even imagine. And does Vanderbilt dogs primarily focus on, like, small dogs?
1: It feels like it. It feels like that's what they cater to. And I like how they were showing the back and how they keep the dogs and assess their behavior and things like that. And I think that just kind of pointed more to, yeah, all small dogs it looked like, but pointed more to, like, they really are concerned about rehoming it to the right place. I mean, yes. I shouldn't have given Dorita a dog, period. I mean, right. my God. she Again, she, I don't think she, she doesn't take care of anything. You know, she has help for everything. So who knows who was training that dog? Who knows who wasn't training that dog? And I think she is a piece of shit for the way she handled it. But you're right. It's within her rights to make a choice. I think she made the wrong choice in how she did it. Right. And I, it's so weird to me how Lisa Vanderpump is forgiving her so easily. And I am 100% behind Kyle, who is also a messy so-and-so. So I'm not supporting her in all things, but I'm 100 percent behind Kyle in, sa- in wondering why LVP is constantly so forgiving of Dorit, yet calls Kyle out for the slightest thing.
0: Do you think Dorit has anything on Lisa? Yes,
1: I think that Dorit and I think PK and Lisa have some kind of interest tied up together and that there has been some protection in place. Since they've come on the show, and I think it's going to crumble this season, maybe because PK's financial world is crumbling, but I feel like there's something shady business-wise going on behind the
0: scenes. But what about the shady business stuff with Mauricio? I know. My God. that's ne- I don't feel like that's going to be addressed that's on the show at all. That's never going to be addressed, and I think it got settled
1: uh, it got settled preliminarily, but I actually did a Patreon episode about this with someone who ha- had some inside scoop. It was a, maybe a couple months ago, but it's all, if you join patreon.com slash pink shade and you can join and get all episodes unlocked it, the same person came on who talked about Mauricio. She knew the person who was in the lawsuit with him and she talked about what had happened and why it was and what's gone on. And I don't think that settlement is a final say. I think I think it's still Interesting. happening. And then secondly, the same person, um, she came on my Patreon recently because she signed up for Teddy Joe's accountability program. Yes. And she talks about it exclusively on the Patreon, you guys. And she talks about the reality of that program, um, that what the trainers are really like, what it involves eating. I mean, you would not believe it.
0: It's cray. Oh my god, I need to listen to this. <laughs>
1: I I was like mouth hanging open when she was telling me about what the, it's like a starvation diet, basically. It's crazy. And it's like very Gestapo like, I mean, I was like, whoa, it really seems uh, it's not, it's not something that would work for me. I'll just say that.
0: Yeah. And, and the accountability, I mean, I thought it was supposed to be a positive type of accountability. (laughs) Like, Hey, checking in. Did you do your exercise today? You can do it. You're awesome. Oh, I think it's like fear. It's not yeah. It's
1: not like a shaming program or anything like that. And I'm sure it does work for plenty of people. But yeah. it's really interesting hearing a firsthand account of actually doing it. She lives in
0: L.A. and she did it. And uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, you can listen to it over there. I can't wait to listen to that. And definitely am interested in this Mauricio stuff because I think it involved mm-hmm. a prince of a West African country who was buying the place or selling the place. And there's potentially oil money involved and
1: well though
0: are... one lawsuit that i got the information about
1: was really about mauricio's oldest friend <gasps> who's um, i mean they're him? yeah well it not turned on him like wanted his investment back and was getting screwed and mm-hmm. it's a very interesting and personal case much more personal than I realized. And I think that's why it's been kept so hush-hush because there's like a deep, long friendship involved from going back to Mexico. The families know each other.
0: I mean, it's crazy. Wow. He seems to... I love Mauricio. Like, from what I see on Real Housewives, he's my favorite. But I do find it a little bit perplexing that he's been in business with the Hiltons and then split off and that didn't go so well. And then he's had these business issues with seemingly long-term friends. So I feel like maybe he potentially might be too ruthless for his own good business-wise. Right, right. And there's always
1: been the cheating rumors. You know, we don't know what the truth is there, but I've heard that from more than one source, boots on the ground, you know, that there is kind of a blind eye turn toward that because he has become so successful and he's worth staying married to.
0: And because she saw, I think, her mom kind of turn a blind eye, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I know. I don't know. I
0: always wonder, like, if that's uh, kind of what you witnessed growing up, then you don't think it's that abnormal. Oh, God. I think that's true for all of us. Yeah. No, I know. It's like, unless you, unless you, like, right, unless you,
1: like, consciously break the pattern with the help of many
0: professionals. (laughs) Speaking of breaking the pattern with professionals, should we chat just briefly about Vanderpump rules? Yeah, let's actually just touch on that briefly, and then I can let you go since we've been talking
1: for so I long. But I, c- can I just say, I love James, despite him being a major fuck-up, and his mother is a monster. Awful. The worst. Like, we thought Stassi's mom was crazy. No, no, Stassi's mom is like a pussycat with her talking about her hormones are being reabsorbed into her body compared to James's mom, who legit needs to be? Um, what do you do when you like divorce your own parents? Whatever he needs to legally separate himself from his family. Emancipate, I, like. I think is the he word. Needs, yeah, thank you. He needs the emancipation of James Kennedy is going to be my hashtag for this year because he truly needs to get away from this toxic, toxic family, including
0: his father too. I mean, that. Yeah. Oh God, I feel. I, I really feel for him. I had no idea it was so bad. I did start to wonder when she posted, his mom, Jacqueline, posted some stuff on Instagram after she was on a show a few weeks back where she criticized the Me Too movement and everyone was going after her son and they were triggering him and they were you know, enticing him to lash out. But when she did this, she wrote a letter, pen to paper, and then took a picture of that paper. And that, to me, was like, you're a monster more than her words. (laughs) I was like, who does this? You crazy woman. It looked like, yeah. Give
1: me the money and I'll give you like your kid back. Ransom. ransom note. Yes, it was crazy. It was, it was something like a grandmother would do if they don't know how to use social media.
0: Like write it out on paper, and then take a picture of it. It was crazy. It was yeah. terrifying. I know. And it was crazy to see her when James sits down with Raquel and their dog, and is saying, "Mom, I need to set some boundaries." And she's like, "Okay." He's like, "Okay." The first boundary is you can't talk about dad. And, and she's, she's like, like asshole! Yes. Well, yeah. first she says, Of course I like that's I agree. And then she goes off on on James's dad and how, you know, he left her with three kids and, and nothing. And then he went scuba diving. <laughs> like what? And then she's like, Yes, I'm bitter. And then she really loses it when he says he wants accountability to know where her money is going because he's giving her he said about two hundred dollars every two or three days and that adds up to a lot and he wants to know what it's being used for just like when you give money to anyone such as pk and dorit you want
1: to know where it goes <laughs> such as the judici's or and
0: yes, the yes what on earth so she just this like really she feels so insulted that her son is asking her how she's spending her own money but it's not her own money and she just goes into this tirade was I a shitty mother you went to a 50,000 pound school a year there were great vacations Ralph Lauren Burberry this is bullshit you took your first steps at fucking Tiffany's she's like, I'm not telling you to kiss my ass just say thank you mom you did something for me you're not a total bitch (laughs) Right. And it's
1: like, it's like, uh, was that supposed to be a a good speech? Yeah. You're a monster. You are a monster. I mean, zero people were on her side after witnessing that. And I think James got more support than he's probably ever gotten before
0: after that scene. I think a lot of people have toxic parents or toxic relationships with parents and really Mm -hmm. were able to, and to empathize with him, but also I'm glad he's in therapy. I always have this weird thing, and I say it on my show, that I don't like watching people in therapy on Bravo shows because it just doesn't feel authentic, and it's hard to see if they have breakthroughs. But for some reason, it doesn't bother me as much with James. He is responding to therapy. He wants to be in
1: therapy. Look at the difference between him being in a therapy session and Jacks being in a therapy session, or Jacks being with that, like, Whack job natural Reiki healer <laughs> Reiki. Yeah, trying to be Jason last year as like Jason like the serial killer Jason. Okay, we can get behind that. but he is completely diametrically opposed to someone like James who actually is trying to change. I, I really f- I don't know if he can, but I feel like he wants to and Jax just wants people to say keep telling him, yes, you've changed. good for you.
0: He doesn't really want to change, right. I, I worry though that James, part of him is his ego is so big that it yeah. won't let him admit that there are faults about him. Well, if he really
1: takes some kind of twelve step program seriously, or yeah. if he had that, like sober coach, I think they can help him with that ego piece. But uh, I just really hope I mean it like it's like it takes a village. Like he needs a village around him to help him, and it can't just be Lisa Vanderpump giving him his job back and Tom Sandoval babysitting. Right, and also, like, his mom going in and begging for James's job back and then to employ her other kid. It's like, hey,
0: can you get a job, lady? It's, oh, God, she's a monster. Also thought it was interesting that Jax is in therapy because he says, and I quote, if you get married in the Catholic Church, you have to go to therapy for a year. The Pope decided it. Right, <laughs> right. I know, Jax is really... His approach like, is just staggering. I'm not Catholic, but I'm pretty sure that is not the exact quote. Like that.
1: <laughs> also, do we, do, we, do we think that maybe when he walks into a church
0: anywhere, it's going to just spontaneously combust? I mean, I can't believe Jax is even
1: being allowed to get married in a Catholic church anywhere.
0: I wonder if the reason that they're getting married in a Catholic church is because his dad was Catholic. Because I oh, can't think God. of any other reason. Because Brittany was raised Pentecostal, we've seen her church exactly, right? And, which and that's how I was raised too, and that yeah. is not Catholic. So right. she, she, I can't even
1: imagine that he's being allowed to like enter a place of worship.
0: There's also <laughs> some kind of interesting things I've heard about the um, minister who's marrying them or the priest. Have you heard anything? No, tell me. So I've heard that he's just had some like homophobic comments on his Facebook page that people have dug Uh, up, like uh, pretty uh. openly, like homophobic. Um, Not necessarily (laughs) just like, I disagree with that lifestyle, which is also not great. Uh, And people were asking for Jackson Brittany, who they work at SIR, they're part of a very kind of pro LGBTQ movement in LA. Like, how could you let someone marry you? And I think this person has been friends with Brittany's family. And so then Brittany's mom, Sherry, got online to defend this pastor and said, oh, people will always come after, you know, you. But I've noticed this a lot in, you know, with Chris Pratt and what's been going on with him and Ellen Page is people are defending their spiritual leaders, even though those leaders sometimes say things that disagree with what they may personally believe it's That's just very, interesting
1: now I, 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 you're mm-hmm. really giving Jackson Brittany a lot of credit for like defending or not defending <laughs> spiritual leader and I mean her mom of the frosted lip probably doesn't even know <laughs> I what love she's defending Sherry's frosted
0: lip I oh God. go on record I live for it
1: I it, live the frosted lip and like the brown chestnut tan is just the look of all looks
0: Oh, man. And, and the fact that they're happy that their daughter is marrying him. I mean, I do think Jax has made some major improvements. But to get married so soon after that big of a scandal that hurt you so badly, I guess everyone's on their own timeline. I would like to see five,
1: maybe 10 years in the future and see if uh, Brittany's happy with her choice. I'll just say that.
0: <laughs> she might be because she won't allow herself to feel any differently. Right. If she just makes that
1: sandwich and obeys her husband and turns a blind eye, you know, and creates the beer cheese empire that they know is going to be the success of a lifetime, then maybe it's all going to be good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Sounds my like God. you have a lot of hope for them. Yeah, you can hear it in my voice. I'm just filled with hope. Now, the last question I wanted to ask you before we go is any thoughts on Sheena? Because Sheena's been playing victim a lot this season about how the other girls don't like her. They're not nice to her. We saw a bit of it last episode with Lala, her opening up about that. And then during this episode, they go on a girl's trip on the private jet and they all have rooming assignments and she's rooming alone. Now, I heard Stassi said that on Twitter, she's like, the reason she was roomed alone is because she was the only single girl, and we wanted her to have the opportunity to bring someone home if she wanted. Yeah, right. And she knew that. But at the same time, she knows, like, I've never brought a stranger home. It was not about that. I mean, well, yeah. to be fair, she was
1: rooming with a giant stuffed frog. Right. So there was this love frog, I think. She was not completely <laughs> alone. She did have, like, kermy with her. But – She, to me, is a shell of a person this year because if you have witnessed yourself acting like that kind of royal asshat from that Rob season, I don't think you could ever come back from that. I mean, I don't even know how she would begin to come back from last season's antics. You know, and she probably thought she would give it the old college try, but you can tell that she's being a lot more quiet. It's not just about the girls ousting her. It's about, I think, her reflecting on what a shit show last season was for her yeah I, I, I mean, think so how can you come back from that embarrassment of being like Rod loves me you know like and we're gonna get married and oh my god and like everyone and and then the whole breakup and her naming her Madison Maria Parks Valletta or whatever her, <laughs> their unborn child it was so embarrassing and pathetic and she's not even addressing it this year. She's just acting like she's moving on with Robbie the Bachelor, and then this other guy, Adam Scott. Yeah, I mean, it is just—it's uh, she was so cringeworthy, and I do feel like a smidge of a, a an emotion for her. I feel a little bit bad for her, but at the same time, I think she's just too shell shocked to do anything about it.
0: Right. I just always thought that she's not showing her authentic self and maybe she doesn't know who her authentic self is. Cause she hasn't been that since she was in high school, maybe. Or even then or, I yeah. agree with you. I don't think she's ever known who she really
1: is and she's still scrambling and she's in pieces now because of last season just really blew everything up. I mean, worse than ever before, worse than her divorce, everything.
0: And just to see Ariana, kind of mesh so well with the other girls and yet still kind of have her own thing going on and her own ability to have friendships that are outside of the witches of we mm-hmm. and to see how sheena just can't navigate that i think it must be really tough for sheena
1: i thought the one authentic moment we saw from sheena was when she actually verbalized the fact that she tries too hard yep i was like she so just said that wow that's like the first time i've ever heard her reflect on something that is really true and kind of embarrassing
0: well and also during the confessional last week when they asked her about adam and she said like were you thinking about adam when you were dating rob and she's like well if i say that then i'll be the girl who was thinking about rob when i was married to Shay, and then the girl who was thinking about adam when i was dating rob right which tells
1: us everything we need to No, but but she was being semi self-reflective, right? Exactly. Semi, semi semi Sheena. She's getting their baby steps. Maybe she will be self actualized by age eighty nine.
0: Oh, man, we can only hope. Well, thank you so much. Thank for... you. This, this is, is so, much so fun. fun. I love podcasting with you. Love hearing your thoughts. You have so much inside scoop with everything with Beverly Hills.
1: Well, so do you, man. You just, you went to see Eric. I mean,
0: My God,
1: you just brought you just brought all the info. Giselle but... and the Mini
0: Cooper. You're hearing it Giselle here and first, the Mini breaking news, basically. This is breaking news. I haven't news talked for- about it yet, but it was quite shocking. Maybe I'm finally coming to terms with what happened. <laughs> you weren't ready to talk about it before. I was like, this is just not how I want a housewife to live.
1: <laughs> this can't be true for us. For humanity, it can't really be true.
0: Well, We're oh. going to do this
1: this yes, again, I would love to talk to you again because New York is premiering soon. Oh my and God.
0: Yes. You know we are going to have a lot to talk about as soon so as that. So much. And I I've mean, been following stuff with Dennis and his relationship with Michael Cohen. I'm like, I'm going deep on that. my God. Okay. Well, we will get together for New York <laughs> because New York is
1: my boo. I know it's yours, too. I mean, the, there, there could be no better franchise to me than
0: the women of New York. It's Never. just the dream team. It just, it can't be better than that. So where can people find you?
1: Uh, Pink Shade with Aaron Martin is my podcast and you can find me on all platforms. I also have a podcast called Cult Talk with Aaron Martin. I was born into a cult and I interview my mom and other survivors of that cult. And it just wrapped up this past week. So you can binge all 17 episodes there. And um, you can find me at Erin Leah Martin on Twitter and Instagram. And I mentioned my Patreon page where I've got tons of bonus content patreon.com slash pink shade and i have a facebook group pink shade with erin martin you can send me a request and come on in it's a safe fun place nobody's a meanie
0: it is it's so much nicer than all the other facebook groups i've noticed people are very like kind to each other and not judgmental or trying to tear each other down so i appreciate that
1: we save our I want people to save their sarcasm for the real people who deserve it—the ones on our TV screen. Because they're exactly (laughs) we can yell at them all we want, but not each other. We're in it together. (laughs) I love that. Well, we're going to talk again very soon. I can't wait, and I am very hopeful for Beverly Hills this season. Too, I'm glad you are. It's good to hear that. I feel good about it. I do. Well, you know, when you've just been dragged through such torture, like with OC this year and in past Uh, years with a lot of these cities, you're just like, God, you know, maybe I have low
0: expectations, but I don't think so. I think
1: this is genuinely a good premiere.
0: It was a great premiere. And I, I could see many, I feel like the story about the dog is an onion and we're just getting the top layers off and there is a lot more to it than what we know. Me too. All right. Good deal. Take care. So that's it for this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe and follow on Twitter and Instagram at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut.